let's open our Bibles. Now, I'm going to give you lots of scripture today. I'm going to get my, get my glasses out. And, um, oh, and that was my phone. All right. And I don't have a phone case on it, Pastor Mike. I broke my phone case. So he, he always goes around and, you know, checks our, uh, our, our stuff. So he's, he is ordering me a new one, but, you know, he tries to get us to put temporary ones on, and I don't have one, so. Anyway, uh, so we're not going to break it. It's blessed in Jesus' name. All right, so we're going to talk about being battle ready. How many of you know that the, the day, you know, the hour that we're living in right now is not a time for us to just sit on the sidelines and hope that something's going to change and, and wish we lived in the America that we used to live in? I mean, yeah, I wish, I wish America was like what I grew up in, but, you know, we've got to fight to change that. We've got a culture that needs the voice of the church. They need the voice voice of, of, of the, the body of Christ to begin to speak up and to begin to speak up real loud. Amen. And, and here's the thing, you know, um, a lot of times people come into, you know, Christianity or, or we go to our homes and, you know, we want to live, you know, peace, peaceful, happy lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Uh, we want to live that way, but we can't, but the only way that you can live a peaceable life is when the, 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 the agenda of the wicked is held at bay. So if we're not, if we're not holding back the agenda of the wicked, listen, there isn't going to be any true peace because, you know, any, anytime you have, uh, abortion fighting to be the law of the land, when you've got, uh, people trying to, to tell your kids that, that they, they can choose what gender they are. When you've got people that, that are, that are calling good evil and evil good, you know, we, we, we are responsible to do something about it, right? Amen. Because God didn't, God didn't, you know, give us the power of God just so that we can have a blessed life. That is part of it. We should be walking blessed, but we should have the power of God so that we can go out and affect the lives of other people. You know, the apostles, when, when, when they came on the scene in Acts, they said, these are they that turn the world upside down. We should have the same mindset that we're turning upside down the, 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 uh, what's being propagated right now in the media. We're turning upside down what, what is being propagated by way of murder, uh, of children when we're calling that, okay, you know, let, let me just, you know, newsflash abortion is not birth control. There's a difference. And, you know, I would also, you know, I always say that you have a, you, you you certainly do have a choice. Absolutely. Do it before you conceive. There is your choice. If you're not married, well, wait, that's, 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 that's the choice, right? Not ready to take care of a baby. Well, there's just some things you don't do if you're not ready to take care of a baby. So, you know. How do you like the start of this message? All right. So now, and I'll say this too, you know, I realize this, as long as we are alive in this earth, the Christian life, there will always be battles because as long until the return of Jesus, we are always going to be battling darkness, right? Uh, but there are some things that we can do to make 
that lessened or so that we're not battling as intensely as we are. Uh, but, that, but that really is all dependent upon the church. It's re- it's, it really comes down to what we choose to do, how we choose to stand up, what we choose to say. And, you know, I'll say this too. You know, God gives us a place of influence. And, and that's the thing. If you're not sure, you're like, well, God, I don't know. You know, I don't, you know besides voting and, and, and praying, I don't know what else to do. Ask for God to show you where your voice needs to be because you know some of us you know I think of of your husband Sean he's standing up and running for the Millard school board Uh, we've got other Christian people that are running for school board uh, school boards in in different parts of of the Omaha area and maybe where you're at maybe you're running for a school board position or maybe you're running for a government position I'm not saying that's the only thing that we do but you know in your jobs and in your communities you have the ability to be an influence and sometimes you just have to say father open my mouth at the right time so that I can affect the people that are around me amen amen so uh, we're going to start out in 2 Timothy chapter 3. <clears throat> you know, and, and it, it's, it's funny because the, the, the Christian life, you know, we, we always refer to it as a battle. How many of you grew up in, in uh, Sunday school singing um, uh, the, the song, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Did anybody? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I guess. See, did anybody sing that? Or was I like one of the only? Yeah, I sang that song. Uh, it was one of my favorite songs as a kid. I should have known, uh, you know that I was made for battle. And, uh, you know, so seriously, we, it, it really is a battle. And, and, and the thing is, is, is keep something in mind. You know, the, the devil isn't just going to sit around and, and say, you know, if you don't attack me, I'm not going to attack you. He's going he's gonna to try to take you out no matter what. So you might as well be on the offense. All right, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Now, I'm going to read this out of the modern English version, and I know they don't have that one up there. Uh, so you can just listen or follow along in whatever version you're in. And it says, endure hard times as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And it says, no soldier on active duty entangles himself in the civilian affairs of this life that he may please the enlisting officer. Now, who is our enlisting officer? Jesus, right? And, and so what is that saying? It's saying, don't be so overcome by everything that is going on in this life that, that you're not willing to endure hardness. In other words, don't be soft, you know, just because, uh, there, all, uh, you know, there are, uh, you know, things that we would rather be doing. How many of you, you know, no, sometimes, yes, your flesh wants to be on vacation and there's nothing wrong with vacation. We can't live on vacation though. You know, we have a job to do in the earth and we, we have people to reach in the earth and we can do that only by our voice and only if we are equipped for the battle. All right. So now turn over in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six. Now I'm going to, just so you know, I'm making this a two-parter. We'll see, you know, how far we get, but I'm going to preach this again because pastors are taking two weeks of vacation. So don't stay home just because they're not here. Amen. All right. So let's read this and I'm going to read this. uh, I'm going to read some of these out of the King James to you, but some of these I'm going to read out of the modern English version. And it says, finally, my brother, this is uh, six, 
chapter 10 through, through 11, says, finally, my brothers, be strong. What does that word strong mean? It says to be strengthened in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, the first thing that we have to understand when, when you're going to be battle ready is it is not about your own strength. There is nothing that we can do in our own power that is going to change nations and bring down kings, right? It is the things that we do by way of the spirit where the spirit gives us the boldness. You know, listen, somebody can talk all day, but if their words are not anointed by God, guess what? It's not going to go and it's not going to change anything. When we have words that are anointed by God, it, be, it will change the atmosphere and it will pierce the hearts of people. All right. And then it says, put on the whole armor of God. And, and I, I thought that it was interesting that it says, it didn't say just put on the armor of God. He makes a point to say, listen, baby, you need the whole thing. Okay, you can't leave off a piece or a part. You need the whole thing. And I'll tell you that there's a reason that he says that. He says that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. If you leave off a piece of your armor, believe you me, the devil will come and look for that piece in that area that you're weak and he will attack you there. And, you know, and no, notice it says now in the King James, it says all the wiles of the, the, the devil wiles and schemes. Here's the thing, you know, the, the devil doesn't just march up and say, Hey, Teresa, you feel like sinning today? <laughs> hey, Susie. Maybe, maybe you should have an affair today, right? He, he, didn't, he doesn't just march up and do that kind of stuff. I mean, yes, the devil's stupid, but he's, he wasn't born yesterday, okay? The devil comes up, and, and he will search and seek and try to find every way that he can come in and weaken you and get you to do what? To be offended, to be out of faith, you know, don't think sometimes that when your family is getting attacked, that it's not the enemy trying to get you off your course, right? Because the thing is, is if the devil can go and attack a family member and let's say he takes them out, right? He takes them out. Well, then he's going to say, well, see now I'm going to make sure that, see, they don't believe that healing is for today, that God didn't hear their prayer. I'm going to, I, they, now, now they're going to believe that, so then they're not going to be effective in what they're called to do. Right? So we have to, we, we have to be aware that the enemy is, he's not just coming in and saying, hey, here I am, take you, hit me with your best shot. He's coming in to see and study and see where he can find weakness. And, and part of the reason that we have been weak in the body of Christ is because we have taken our pains, our, our, our struggles and all of those things. And we have exalted those things above God. We've said it, you know, oh, hey, you know, if you're struggling in an area of sin, it's okay. I mean, it is okay. Because the grace of God is sufficient to deliver you from it, but it's not okay that you're going to continue to live there or to continue to live in bondage to something that is going to keep you from being in victory or keep you from being effective in the body of Christ or effective in the earth. Amen. 
So we, ha- we, we have to kind of take a step back and realize, you know, the seeker-friendly movement didn't do anything to help the body of Christ. Because I'm going to guarantee you that most of the people that walked into a seeker-friendly church with a problem have walked out of that same church with the same old problem for years and years and years on end. You know, and, and, and so if somebody is coming in with an addiction problem, well, by God, we need to help them get free. And the, and the word of God is a powerful tool to set somebody free. Amen. You know, and, and if somebody is coming in and, and, and they're having problems with perversion or immorality, we, we need to give them, you know, I'll say this. How many of you remember you're old enough? I'm going to date myself right about now. Uh, how many of you remember the WWJD bracelet? How many of you wore the WWJD bracelet? Well, you know, and, and in concept, there wasn't anything wrong with that idea. The problem is, is we were led to believe that Jesus was different than really how Jesus was portrayed in the Bible. You know, oh, Jesus would just love that person. Sure he did. He loved the woman that was taken in adultery. But he didn't say, go ahead and continue. He said, go and sin no more. Why? Because Jesus loved her enough to know that she was never going to be happy and never going to be free if she was going to be continuing to be subjected to that kind of lifestyle for the rest of her life. See, Jesus knows that sin, when it has conceived, it brings forth death. And so what was he doing? He said, listen, daughter, walk free from that. I'm not condemning you. We forgot to mention that the same Jesus that had compassion upon the multitude was the same Jesus that overturned the the, the money changers tables in the temple. Okay. The same Jesus that confronted Herod, the same Jesus. See, so if we're going to say, what would Jesus do? We can't just go, well, Jesus would just, you know, stroke somebody's feelings. Actually, Jesus doesn't stroke your feelings, baby. He, he, sets, he helps you get free from them, <laughs> right? You know, somebody may have walked through an abuse situation. They may be walking through an abuse situation. But Jesus isn't just going to be caught up in the pain and the emotion of that thing. What's, what he's interested in is the overall deliverance. He didn't, you know, Jesus never said, I came to sit in the prison with the bound person. He said, I came to set the captive free, right? So we, we, we've got to understand the one that did enlist us for the job, that, that he's, he's more interested in somebody's freedom uh, than he is about their current circumstance. It's not that he's not interested in that, but he's interested in the end piece, not the beginning piece. So sometimes where you're starting, you need to look at what Jesus paid for so you can get to where you're going. All right. So let's, and and you know, and here's the thing, you know, in the battle, remember this, even when you are walking through a journey and it, and it seems like it's not about to change, Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we're going to go through struggles sometimes, right? We're going to go through battles sometimes, but Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And so we, we need to know the one in whom we have believed that he is able to deliver us. Amen. All right. Let's go on because I want to get through all of this so that I don't have to back up to this next week. All right. 
And, and you know, the, the, the other thing I'm going to say, too, turn, uh, turn in your uh, Bible over to Psalm chapter 3. You know, the, the devil, um, in, in the book of Genesis, right, it said in the book of Genesis that he was the more subtle of all, the serpent was the more subtle of all the beasts. So he, he's coming trying to, to find ways to get you off of where you're supposed to be. All right, let's turn over to Psalm chapter 3. Now I'm going to read this one out of the King James. Um, how many of you grew up reading a King James Bible? Because when, when I grew up, that was like the Holy Bible, right? You didn't, um, we, we had to memorize all the verses out of there. We had to, re, you know, memorize all the these and the thous, you know, and that's just, this is how we did. So uh, I still am a, a King James person, um, although I like some of the other versions too. All right, so let's read this. And, and it says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? How many of you feel like that there is an increase of trouble happening right now on the, the earth? And it says, many are they that rise up against me. And many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. See, that's the lie that we're being told right now. They're saying, oh, you know, those Christians, God's not going to help you. We got you right where you want. You're not going to be able to resist abortion. You're not going to be able to, to resist uh, same-sex marriage. You're not going to be able to resist all of the evil things that we're pouring out. Does that sound like what you're hearing? If, if you do listen to the news, does that sound like what you're hearing right now? I mean, now, it's, it's kind of funny, right? Um, they just came out on the news and said that uh, Hillary Clinton signed off on the false Russia collusion story. So she knew. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to her, but, I mean, something needs to happen, right? Because uh, um, it used to be there was a day when you, you lied about stuff like that, you got in trouble. But anyway, you know, so that starts coming out. And then the next day, there's a headline for monkeypox. Monkeypox? What is monkeypox? Because, you know, we've lost our fear of, of, of COVID, right? Because, I mean, I think pretty much everybody probably already had it. You know? And the majority of everybody lived. Of course, we don't want to talk about that. And, but now we've got this, you know... And, and I, can I make a point too? I mean, you know, this, this is just the thing that kind of gets, gets my, my blood boiling. So we got this thing called monkeypox apparently coming over across the pond or, you know, not the, you know, not from England, but just coming across some water area. And I'm like, and we're fighting for open borders. I mean, come on, somebody. Really? Really? I mean... It, it, that is one of those things where, you know, you just sit there and it's, it's like a head scratcher. But, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that wickedness makes any sense. But do you really think that if we don't secure the borders, they're not going to sneak some folk in that have an evil agenda against the United States of America? I mean, come on. You know? But now, so now monkeypox. And everybody should be afraid of monkeypox. Well, listen, I wasn't afraid of COVID. I wasn't afraid of dying from COVID. And I'm not going to be afraid of something that some monkey brought over. Because I'm going to tell you, it's coming from the devil that is a monkey to begin with. My Bible says that it's not going to come near my dwelling place. Right? 
I remember when, when we first said, yeah, you know what? We did deal with COVID. And, but you know what I had been singing over my household? And I encourage you, I will say, when if you're going to be battle ready, the Bible does say sing to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I don't care if you can't carry a wet tune out of a bag. Sing over yourself. So when, when they first announced COVID, I began to go through my house singing, not going to come near my dwelling place. Not going to come near. Now, my kids were in public school at the time. So when we tested positive for COVID... My daughter's like, oh my God, she thought we were going to die. I'm like, no, baby. No, God, God, we're not going to die. We're going to live and declare the works of the Lord. Because death isn't coming near our dwelling place. This is not as they've said. And of course, you know, we went through it. We, we slept for about three days. And then guess what? We were like, hey, guess what? We're fine. <laughs> I mean, I actually had a flu one time that was worse than, than COVID. And, and that's not to say that some people didn't have some real struggles. They did. But, you know, listen, you've got to prophesy over yourself. You know, the, the, this thing's not going to come near me. It's not going to have its, its, its way in me. Because by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I still am healed. And I'm going to continue to be healed. But, you know, make no mistake, they put those things in there, you know, like, I mean, who comes up with these names? I mean, now, first we had the, the bat flu, uh, uh, which is, you know, not what it was, but, uh, and now we got some monkey that's, that's handing out chicken pox or something. I don't know. I mean, anyway, all right, back to Psalm three. I just, I just had to, you know, I had to say that for a minute. You know, that's, I guess the joy of having the microphone. You get to say, you get to say stuff. But, you know, they, but they're rising up against us to see if they can get us into fear. And see, now that they're losing the grip with COVID, the devil's losing the grip with COVID. He's like, okay, well, let's try another one. Oh, well, wait a minute. It's like the Wizard of Oz. We don't want to see what's happening behind the curtain. So hurry up. Go ahead and announce monkeypox. Because, you know, COVID worked really well. It got everybody in fear, got everybody to shut everything down. So let's, let's, let's try something different. All right. Let's go on. It says, I love the line where it says, there is no help for him in God. That, that, you know, that ought to just make you laugh. And then notice he said after there, it says, Selah, pause and consider that for a minute. Like, oh, oh, did you, did you, just, you just said there was no help for me? You, did you say that? Do you, do you really think that there's no help for me? You don't know the God that I serve, brother. All right. It says, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. He's a shield against COVID. He's a shield against evil. He's a shield against monkeypox. You're my glory and the lifter up of my head. And it says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. See what it said? There's no help for him in God. But it says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. Pause and consider. He heard me. How many of you are crying out prayers that you know God hears? You want to know how we know God hears? Because he said when he, we call, he would answer. That's, that's all the proof you need. And it says, so I laid down and I slept and I awaked for the Lord sustained me. See, if you're having a problem with sleepless nights because you're afraid of everything that's going on, let me encourage you. Cry to the Lord. And listen, don't just cry out and say, oh, God, help. I mean, that's, that's okay sometimes too. 
But you cry out in such a way that says, God, if you heard David, then you're going to hear my cry. If you heard Abraham, you're going to hear my cry. If you, if you heard, if you heard Moses, if you heard Noah, if you heard all of those people, you're going to hear my cry because he's the same God. He loves you just as much and he can do amazing things with you just like he did with all of them. And then, and then just go to sleep. Listen. You're not going to fix anything by staying up and worrying about it. You're just going to get your body physically tired. And when your body gets physically tired, it becomes harder to, to, to be in faith. It just, it's, it, it's part of it. And then he says, arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies. I laid me down and I, oh, I know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm repeating that. See, it's so good. I said it again. And it says, I will not be afraid of 10,000 people. That has set themselves against me around about. And no, 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 notice something. The devil wants to make it feel like there's a multitude of people that are against you. When really it's only a handful. And we have to understand the God that we serve is the Lord of hosts. He's the God of angel armies. So when they come and they, they, they want to say, you know, well, you need to be in fear. I don't need to be in fear because I know the God that, whom I serve that he is able to deliver me. And it, okay. So, and then it says, arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheek. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Now here's the thing. The enemy has tried to put its teeth into the body of Christ. They've tried to bring cancel culture. They've tried to promote such an evil agenda that, that, that it looks like, you know, I, I, was, I saw a protest where there were some people out there uh, at the Supreme Court, you know, um, pro, uh, protesting or, 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 you know, supporting life. And these Satanists came to him, and I can't say the words that they said, but they were saying, hail something Satan. Um, and shouting that in the in the face of uh, 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 of some of these these pro these protesters and they were bold about it here's the thing guys right now we're, we're not living where the enemy is is trying to hide he's out in plain sight so that ought to encourage you to do something with the power of God that's on the inside of you. You should be praying in tongues more. You should be in your Bible more. You, you should be filling yourself on a daily basis, you know, uh, with the word of God so that you're equipped to handle this. All right. So, but, but, but here's the thing. Psalm three said he's going to, he's going to shatter the teeth. So what they've tried to clamp down on us with what they've tried to hold us back with what they said that we could not overcome. We're going to overcome because God is getting ready to shatter the teeth of wickedness in our nation. And we cannot quit. We cannot back off. We have to stand up and say to our nation, salvation belongs to our God. Amen. All right, let's move on. Now, this shouldn't be hard, but, you know, we, we do have to understand who our enemy is, right? 
And, you know, there's battles on many levels. You may have different battles that you're dealing with, that your household is dealing with, or that you're dealing with on your job or your place of influence. And I'm going to, I say place of influence a lot because every single, not every single one of us is, is pastor Hank and prophet, you know, called to be a prophet to the nations, but we are all equipped to deal with the people that are around us. And when we walk into a room, we've got to learn how to own the room. You know, not, not be, not have to, to bow down to it all of the time. And, you know, you, you can take authority, listen, even over your jobs, you know, and sometimes have you ever been harassed unnecessarily at work for, for what you didn't even know? That's, that's, that's the devil trying to come and harass you. I remember one time when my husband still, he used to work for a company that uh, he, he managed a call center. And uh, he was managing this call center. And for, for whatever reason, the, the lady uh, that, that, that was, you know, for the, the company that they represented decided she just didn't like him. So she started going after him to, her bo- to, to his boss and saying all kinds of, of, of evil things about him. And actually, at one point, it looked like he was getting ready to get fired. And we couldn't figure out for the life of us for what, right? So you know what we did? We got in our living room and we started praying in the Holy Ghost. And that's all we need to do. And we did it for a week straight. Every night he would come home and we, we started praying. I mean, as loud, we lived in an apartment at the time. And, and so, but we still did it as loud as we could without being a nuisance to our neighbors. You know, even if you had to bury your face in a pillow. And we did it and we did it and we did it. And we kept prophesying the favor of God. We kept speaking to that thing. And wouldn't you know it. The lady that didn't like him ended up getting moved off of that to another area within the, other, within the company. And then, so he, went, he continued on in that job. About the time he was getting ready then to come on with the church, um, that lady ended up coming back. Well, he had already had his two weeks in by then, so it didn't matter. But you, you see, you, you have the ability to change some things in the spirit. You know, it's like the lepers said when, 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 uh, when the, 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 the camp of the enemy had been destroyed. And they said, why do we sit here and die? Why, let, let's, let's just go down to the camp. And guess what? They went down and saw that the camp had been obliterated by the army of, of heaven. It, and, and sometimes we're sitting around saying, oh, God. Instead of taking offense and saying, devil, how dare you come against my household? How dare you come against my kids? How dare you come and threaten my livelihood? How dare you come and try to steal my nation? We are one nation under God. Devil, it's not okay. We're going to stand up. We're going to fight back. We're going to push back. See, that's that's what David did. When he saw Goliath challenging the Israelites, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? How dare you come against the army of the living God? You know, somewhere we, we have got to, as the body of Christ, start taking attitude with everything that's getting shoved down and say, how dare you come at me like that? If you don't know who I am, then, but, then you, you better know who my God is. Because with my God, my God is with me. He's for me. He's fighting for me. He is a shield around me. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my defense. He's the God in whom I trust. 
So there needs to come a pushback from the body of Christ. All right, let's go on. Now let's turn over to uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 again. And we're going to, uh, now I'm going to read this one out of the King James again. And it's, it's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, what does that mean? It means that this, the battle that we're fighting is not a natural battle. It's not, you know, we're not going to, you know, um, you know, go out and say, okay, here's the, here's the battleground. Show up with your, you know, your AR, at, you know, such as, that's not the kind of battle we're, we're talking about, right? Uh, you don't need to own a tank. Uh, now, you have one in the spirit, but, you know, we're not talking about the, a natural, physical kind of battle. We are talking about something that is happening in the realm of the spirit. So, uh, and it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now, if you go look up what that, that word in the Greek, it, it's first magistrates. From the beginning, basically it's ancient spirits. So right now you can see that we're fighting against spirits of Baal and Molech. That's, that's why we're, we're seeing such a fight for abortion in, in, in our nation because uh, those were the spirits that required child sacrifice. Uh, and, and again, when, when I'm saying the devil's not hiding, in, you know, that he's not hiding and all, he's in plain sight. There are, there are uh, uh, Satanist worshipers out there that are saying, no, we need to keep abortion because it's, it's, a, it's a sacrificial part of what we do. And there's people just going, oh, whatever, you know. Uh, you know, and, and, and it ought to tell you something when we have people in, in, that, that live, in, that, that go to churches that are okay with abortion because statistically they're finding that the younger generation doesn't see what the problem is. Why? Because they're indoctrinating your children in the schools. They're being indoctrinated. If you listen, you, you know, if you do have your kids in, in, in public school, well, and I mean really any school system, I mean, listen, we can't just say, Here's your textbook, baby. Go ahead. Just, just go out there. And you know, you, you need to be involved to help them understand what it is that they're learning. And sit down and have conversations with your children. You know, uh, we were watching something. And, uh, and uh, you know, my, my kids now, they, they see something about abortion. They're like, no, abortion's never right, Mom. I'm like, that's right, baby. It's never right. We're not going to kill somebody just because their life is inconvenient. Amen. All right. I know there's lots of rabbit trails in this message. All right. Um, and it says, okay, so we're dealing with the ancient spirits. It says against powers, which these are demons with influence and authority. So basically, um, th those are some of the lower level devils that you deal with. So, but, but here's the thing. They're demons that are trying to influence you. And so those are the, the, the ones, you know, trying to, to weave their way into their life. They also have authority, but typically that's because we've given them authority. You know, the Bible says that the, the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may, not who he gets to, whom he may devour. And, and so if there are open doors there, those, the, you know, these are the kind of demons that sometimes you're dealing with on a daily basis. And then it goes on, it says rulers of darkness. Now I looked up that one and that one is the devil and his demons, or basically it's an epithet for, uh, it's another name for Satan. So there are times and there are things that we are battling where we really are battling against Satan himself. And I believe that we're battling him right now in this nation. 
And I found this next one very interesting. And it says spiritual wickedness in high places. So I looked that up and it said human spirits. So it's human spirits that are controlled by demons. Now, again, are we fighting them in the flesh? No, we're not going to, you know, it's not like we're, we're, we're saying to, you know, some of the people in Washington, it's like, hey, you know, let's get in and do a little cage fighting. Um, I mean, it would be, you know, it, it, I mean, sometimes they make you mad enough to want that to happen. But, you know, we know we would, we, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that we're standing up to people that are absolutely being, being driven by demons that are, that are sitting in places of authority in our nation. And we, we, have, to, we have to stand up and, and begin to call those things out. And, and, and you know, some, some of you may say, well, you know, we're supposed to pray for those in authority. Of course we are. But Paul also said that we're supposed to pray that we're delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. And when people become unreasonable, really when they give themselves over to a reprobate mind, that's between them and God whether or not they're ever going to be able to cross back over. Right? So what we're praying that, 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 that and you know, when he said to, to pray, by the way, for, for, that we would be deli- delivered from wicked and unreasonable men, he said so that we could have a peaceable life. Because when you're under the authority of wickedness, when you're under the rule of wickedness and you don't fight back or you bend your knee to that, guess what? You're just, you're, you're just becoming complicit to what they're doing. What would have happened if Daniel would, 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 wouldn't have stood up to the king? Do you know they began to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because Daniel said, okay, throw me in the lion's den. I'm not going to stop praying. Do you know Nebuchadnezzar said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, will you guys serve the true God? See, don't think that when your voice is silent that it's, that it's doing anything. You know... Love isn't silent. Love actually has a voice and it has a big voice. And see, if we want to see some people begin to call upon the name of the God, the, the name of our God, then we, we, we need to be speaking his name in the streets. Amen. And, and here's the thing. Let's, let's talk about for a minute, reprobate minds. Turn over to uh, uh, Romans chapter one. Let's go there for a minute. And we're going to go to verse 28. And, and here's the thing. Understand that some of what we're dealing with are people that have wholeheartedly embraced wickedness. And so I'm not praying for them to stay in power. Okay? You know, it's, it's understand. See, we have to have a little discernment in the body of Christ. And, and that's lacking at times. And it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Let's go to the next verse. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers backbiters. I mean, come on, this list gets real long. Haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors, uh, I mean, inventing evil things. Not just being happy with the evil that's already out there. They're just making stuff up to make it go worse. And disobedient to parents. See, when, now I want to show you guys something and see that the, um, I, I told Ryan, I said, 
Now you remember, how many of you remember what happened when, they, when uh, Donald J. Trump got sworn into office uh, as the 45th president of the United States? I want to show this video real quick. Do you guys got that back there? from NPR News, and you can hear the 21 gun salute in the background, another signal that for all of that resistance, for all of that opposition, Donald J. Trump is now President of the United States. I mean, I'm going to be 50 coming this July, so I've seen a few. Uh, I've seen a few elections in my life. I have never seen a reaction like that in my life to any election. But see, I'm going to tell you, and, and, and part of that, yes, it's funny, but that, that also will tell you the demons that are behind what is happening and why Donald Trump was so hated. You know, it's, it's funny, right? I never get, I never understand why people are like, well, I don't like him. Who said you had to like the guy? I mean, it's not like he's coming to your house for dinner. It's not like you're going to go, hey, what up, Mr. Trump? How you doing? Are we, you know, are we going to go kick, you know, uh, uh, you know, kick it at the restaurant this week. No, it doesn't have to be your best friend. What I, I have just, you know, it, 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 it has floored me is people that were, that, that thought that it was a personality contest. Well, I mean, we know about what's going on right now. It wasn't about a personality contest anyway, cause you know, when you have hundreds versus thousands showing up at your rallies, uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't about your person. It, well, it was about your personality. Uh, they didn't like it. Anyway, here's, here's, here's what I'm, I'm trying to say. We have absolutely got to understand that we are facing demons. And, you know, people want to say, oh, well, is it, you know, I think Pastor Brenda said it uh, last week, maybe it was at the women's conference that, you know, Norval Hayes said, well, do you see, you know, uh, uh, demons and everything? He goes, no, I don't see a demon and everything. I see, I see lots of demons, you know, and, and, and that's, that's reality, right? See, we are a spirit being first and we have to be aware that there are spiritual things that are going on around us at all times. So... You know, when, so when Paul was saying, pray for those in authority, he wasn't talking about, you know, by the way, pray for people in authority. If, if, if it's stolen authority, then probably they're not legitimate anyway. Just, just going to say that. So I think he meant pray for people that were in legitimate places of authority. And then, you know, because otherwise he wouldn't have also said pray for that we'd be de uh, delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. And, you know, that's, that's another thing, right? See, I've always got a, another thing. Um, <laughs> do you know all the times that Israel went through captivity? It all had to do with whether or not the, the Israel was at a place where they were worshiping God or they were following after false gods. And see, part of the reason that we are where we are is because the church has, has got to be the stabilizing force in, in the earth. Amen? And I saw a meme out there, and I think it's pretty legitimate. It says, some of you uh, would have said, oh, we need to pray for Goliath. Listen, there's a time to pray, and then there's a time to pick up your sword. All right. 
I'm going to give you one of the pieces of the armor of God, and we're going to save the rest for next week. How many of you getting something out of this? Amen. All right, let's go to Ephesians 6 again, verse 13. Now, he says again, just like he said in verse 11, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand, or he says, um, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, having done all stand. So what's Paul saying here? Obviously, it's going to take a choice to stand up. But he said two times, put on the whole armor of God. When you repeat something, it's because you really want to make sure that somebody is getting a hold of what you're saying. So he said, put on the whole armor of God. Now, we're going to talk for the, just the next few minutes just about the belt of truth. And really, you know, the, the, the truth has been what's been under attack in our nation worse than anything. And it says... Uh, Stand, therefore, having your waist girded about with truth. And so what does that mean? That word gird means to tie or to fasten. And we're not talking about tying or fastening just like I put a little bow on something. We're, we're meaning that we're wrapping it around and knotting it up in such a way that it cannot be easily without thought removed. So you're, you're, you're binding that around yourself. And, and when you do that, really what that becomes, it's like a girdle that, that somebody uses for support, you know, or it becomes a brace. It becomes something that upholds. So it's saying bind the truth around you so that it supports you. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen says that, um, that you fix the word or the commandments of God to your heart. And it, and it says you do it so that it becomes a frontlet. What's a frontlet? It's like that's what you see. So when you bind the truth of God, that's something that you're seeing all the time. And see, that's why it's important for you to be in, in a good church. It's important for you to be around the body of Christ. It's important for you to pick up your Bible. It's important for you to be around other Christians. Because, listen, the devil loves to get a Christian in isolation. Because when your thoughts can't be challenged... You'll go along thinking, well, whatever. You know, if, if somebody can't, can't ever challenge us as human beings, I mean, listen, sometimes it's good just to get around people so that they, they, they can teach you to exercise your patience, right? <laughs> like, man, God, they, they just irritate me. And it's, it's an exercise in patience. It's an exercise in love, an exercise in the fruit of the spirit sometimes. But, you know, we need, we, 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 and the, and the Bible says that, that iron sharpens iron. So a man sharp, sharpens the countenance of his friend. You know, if you're around good people, they're going to say, Hey, no, I'm not going to let you think that way. I'm not, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to let you think that that's okay. You know, I remember, you know, um, Judy and I, and we, you know, the, the staff has grown, so we don't have as many conversations as we used to have, but, uh, but we would be sitting at work and going, you know, sometimes it just feels like we're living in an alternate reality. All of these, these things that are coming out and, and, and you're like, am I the one messed up here? I mean, not that we ever thought that we were, but you know, it's sometimes some of the lies are so ridiculous that you sit there and go, I, I think 
I, I'm not sure. I entered an alternate reality somewhere, and I, don't, I need to get back to the other one. But, that, but see, this is why we have to keep the truth of God before us. And, and so John 8, 32, okay, this was Jesus uh, said that you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm going to give you another one. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, or the light, and no man comes to God except by me. So Jesus said he was the truth. John 3, 21 says, but he that does truth comes to light. Now, you know, you think about the verse that said that those that sat in darkness saw a great light. Well, do you know for some of those people that wasn't pleasant? How many of you, when you are sleeping in a dark room and somebody comes in and says, hey, here comes the sun and they flip up all the the, the shades and the blinds and and say it's time to wake up. How many of you in this room go, oh, yeah, (laughs) I do not. Matter of fact, I like to have my prayer time in the dark in the morning with my coffee with Jesus when nobody else is in the room. That's my preferred method. And then we can let the light in slowly, Jesus. And, and he's okay with that. We got a thing. And, and he, he shows up and, and, I, and I show up and, and it's, it's good. But see, the thing is, is sometimes when, realize that when you're speaking truth, it's not always going to be received with gladness. But it doesn't mean it's not planting a seed that's going to grow up and, 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 and help somebody to change. But you've got to keep it ever before your eyes. And then, if, well, and here's the thing. If you're bound to the truth, it's a lot harder to be deceived, right? Because if you're facing truth day after day after day, it's a lot harder to let something come in and, and mess you up. You know, and, and we already know that, listen, that they, they're not going to stop at not mis, at misrepresenting Jesus. I mean, we've got whole churches that say, hey, homosexuality is okay. Come on over to our church. We'll even marry you. I mean, did you read Romans 1 at all? But see, we can't leave off parts of the Bible. And, and we can't do that in our day-to-day life. Listen, you, just as much as we have correct me scriptures or bless me scriptures, we need the correct me scriptures. You know, there, there's times, listen, husbands and wives, when you get into strife, you can stay there and let offense come in, or you can do what Ephesians 4 says, forgive one another. You know, sometimes we're, we're in need of forgiveness. Sometimes we're in need of forgiving. But you allow offense to come in. Guess what? The devil will come and rip, rip up your home, tear up the lives of your kids, and mess everything up. Because you didn't keep the truth before your eyes. And I'll tell you this, for you single people, keeping the truth before your eyes are going to keep you from messing up and marrying the wrong one to begin with because you were so lonely you needed somebody. Date Jesus first, I'm just telling you. All right, let's go back over to, I'm going to close with this. Let's go over to Romans chapter 1. Again. And see, we, we, need the, we, we need the whole part of the Bible. We can't just take pieces and parts. And we're going to read in verse 24, and it says, 
Therefore, now this is out of the modern English again, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own heart. Why? Because the truth, the truth wasn't in front of them. To dishonor their own bodies among themselves, they turned the truth of God into a lie. And see, this is why you have to gird yourself up. You have to be bound to the truth. The truth has got to be your strength because they turned the truth of God into a lie and they worshiped and served the creature. In other words, they served the creation. They served themselves. See, anytime you make self-serving decisions, you're opening yourself up for the devil to come in. So they worshiped the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. And see, this is why you've got to have that girdle of truth around your waist. Because it's going to be a support to you. It's going to be, listen, you know, if lies didn't sound good, think about when Jesus was tempted of the devil. It wouldn't, be a it wouldn't have been a temptation if it didn't sound good to Jesus, Right? The devil's not going to come in and say, hey, wouldn't it be fun to uh, go out and uh, kill somebody this weekend to you, right, you know? It would be like, no. But he will come and say, hey, you know what? It's okay to be offended with your spouse. They shouldn't have talked to you like that. Oh, it's okay to be offended with your brother. I mean, after all, boy, did you hear the voice tones they talked to you? in? They, if they were a Christian, they wouldn't have treated you like that. See, here's the thing. A lie doesn't just come out saying, hello, I'm a lie. It's got to sound good first. You can begin to play. So while you stand to your feet, I, I want you to this week, and we'll get into to the rest of them next week, but I want you this week to really make a practice of binding. Listen, meditate in the Bible. Pull out Bible-based books Turn off the news. Turn off all the things that you're hearing. And I want you to bind the truth of God around yourself this week. Because the more that you do it, listen, truth will make you bold. Because after a while, you're like, I can't sit here and be silent while people are in struggle. I can't sit there and let them continue to lie. I've got to be a voice in the streets. Amen? Amen. All right, well, as Pastor Doug gets ready to come... And we're going to close out this service. I just want to declare a blessing over you. And Father, I just thank you that, Father, that you help us grow up. Father, in what you have, not, not in just what you've called us to do, but Father, who we're called to be as Christians. Father, help us, Father, with eyes of discernment and understanding, discern the times. Father, let there be a spirit upon us like Issachar, that they understood the times and the seasons. Father, let that spirit be upon us now. And Father, I pray over each of these. Father, as they go out into their jobs, into their, into their neighborhoods, Father, into their school systems. Father, give them boldness to speak for you. Father, let them know the times that they're to speak and when to speak and the things that they ought to say. And we thank you for the spirit of wisdom. Now, Father, I declare a blessing over all of these and say that, Father, with blessing you bless them. And Father, they're going to go out with joy and be led forth with peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.